0: Surf's up at Gotham Point. That's right, Joker. I'm challenging you to the surfing title. Through my latest invention, the surfing experience and ability transferometer, all your surfing know-how will be drained out of you and transferred to me.
1: Some Joker drained everything I know about surfing and all my ability with a gizmo called a Surfing experience and ability transfer on. Watch your supposed up,
0: fuzzy? The surf, Duke. Welcome back to Surf Kings of Gotham. Today we are commenting on episode two, Smack in the Middle. <laughs> Here okay. we go,
1: Surf Kings, Episode 2.
0: I am your host, Kyle. Now he was
1: always as Garth. No Garth. Huh? And Garth. Fantastic.
0: Party on. Party on Garth. So (laughs) as we discussed in the first episode, which I imagine people have heard if they're listening to the second one, unless you just have some sort of weird selective OCD. Uh each of the first two seasons of Batman have two-part episodes. So the one-sentence Wikipedia episode description is, While the Riddler maneuvers Batman into being sued, the dynamic duo investigate the supervillain's concurrent scheme. So Smack in the Middle originally aired January 13th, 1966. And it was written by Lorenzo Semple Jr. and directed by Robert Butler, much like the first episode. I love this episode I just watched it before we started so I'd be fresh on it and I completely love just how utterly random and no one does I, like I said in the first, first episode of the show everyone on the show was an idiot but it's played straight there's not really a straight man everyone is simultaneously the straight man and the fool and it creates this wonderful dynamic where if you look at things rationally none of their decisions make sense And that's completely the plot of the second part of this two-parter, because the first part ended with Riddler suing Batman, but then he completely forgets that in order to abduct Robin, and then we go off on this complete tangent, and it's not brought up again about the lawsuit until the very end of the episode. I loved it.
1: No, it was fantastic. The recap of this episode, of course, being only the second episode, was the first recap we've seen. And... I mean, just the the quick cuts and the ridiculous The recap was it. very arrested
0: development. It was. Like no, it was fantastic. There was a shot where it's then the first episode, Riddler has a blowgun and shoots Robin with a dart like the size of his hand. And it says in the recap, Robin got it in the arm. <laughs> and I'm like, what weird vocal pacing, but wonderful. I loved it. No, What I noticed in the recap was how long
1: Batman let the Riddler point a gun at him before he like, yeah, it was a it was just a cigarette lighter, but he pointed it at him for like, a long time and Batman was just like, Oh, oh, you're busted Riddler. And then like, just like stared at him until he was like, No, it's a lighter poof,
0: you know? Yeah, uh, Yeah, I didn't catch that exactly in the first episode when I first watched it, but I caught it more in the second one. And that was pretty great, too. Like, I like how it's anything with a superhero is going to be at the very least exaggerated reality but this goes beyond exaggerated into it's like there's this whole thing about batman after the 80s after like dark knight returns is supposed to be as twisted and insane as his villains you totally get that 1966 like 20 years before (laughs) that's like every decision only makes sense if you go into it thinking this character is either insane or stupid yeah no it's a, it's an interesting
1: uh, observation for sure that everyone is just equally insane it's a
0: weird thing you don't see that on many shows most shows stick pretty close to like a straightforward neil simon a sort of thing where you have a straight man and you have a character who's a wild card and they're in a very they start out at least in a very grounded type of situation and then it just steadily escalates over time until by the end of the climax of the of the production then it's you know, a long way from where it started like hospital is a great example of that where it completely it starts out every day and mundane and pedestrian and by the end it's just madcap this doesn't even start that way like it they the whole grounded starting point is in the first episode bruce wayne telling people who came to beg him for money about his parents being gunned down and then he lies to an old lady about going fishing with her nephew and then from there it's pretty much that's it that's all you get like yeah, there's it's just sure. a direct jump into okay now it's full-blown uh,
1: so before we get into uh the goings-on of this episode i just want to touch on so jill st john is back as molly um taking a quick scan through her wikipedia page uh she was she was she appeared in a lot of things uh she was a bond girl in diamonds are forever the first american bond girl um that's cool she had yeah she had a very active career um she was married four times and uh, currently married since uh, 1990 to robert wagner so uh still going strong good for them between marriages uh, she's been linked. This is a, this is the longest section, I think, of her entire Wikipedia page. I'm not going to read them all, but she has been uh, romantically linked to very many uh, entertainment, sports, and political personalities, uh, including Michael Caine, Sean Connery, uh, Sandy Koufax, Henry Kissinger, uh, George Lazenby, Jack Nicholson, Roman Polanski, Tom Selleck, Frank Sinatra, and of course... Adam
0: West wow yeah that's quite a list George Lazenby is my favorite James Bond not so much because of his performance as James Bond although Her Majesty's Secret Service is a great movie but just because of the insanity that went on behind the scenes that that should be a movie I, I love every part of that yeah no absolutely
1: but three three separate Bonds and Adam West who
0: I mean if he could have done a British accent probably should have been James Bond I read or saw somewhere where he was considered for it after the after Connery left. Like apparently that they been really fantastic. considered Adam West. Maybe it was on the documentary about him that he was considered, but he was, I think by that point in time, he was already associated with Batman. And so I mean, in retrospect, that would have been a fine jump. I mean, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal to go from Batman to James Bond. But at the time, it was I think one of the one of the big things was he's American.
1: Yeah.
0: So they went with George Lazenby. And If you don't know that story, you should absolutely look it up. We can't go into it because it's off topic. Of course. Uh, and also, of course, credited in this episode,
1: uh, the fantastic Frank Gorshin. The most interesting thing I saw about him reading through his his Wikipedia was that uh, when he was fifteen, uh, he took a part time job as an usher at a theater. And he memorized the mannerisms of the screen stars and created an impressionist act. Oh. Um, being a, a Slovenian immigrant, he didn't uh, English wasn't his first language. So he, uh, he picked a lot up by imitating uh, what he had seen in the movies. Uh, he, re- he was still in high school when he obtained his first paid employment, uh, which he secured as the prize in a Pittsburgh talent contest in 1951. So he won a one-week engagement at Jackie Heller's New York nightclub carousel. His parents insisted that he take the engagement, even though his 15-year-old brother had been hit by a car and killed just two nights before. Jesus. So that's that's how he got his start. Um, then transitioned. He played uh, bad guys in a lot of movies, but like tough, serious bad guys. Uh, of course, he was a, an impressionist and a comedian, so he did take some funny roles as well. But uh, nothing stands out that I've read, uh, of course, as much as Riddler, where he was
0: absolutely fantastic. I've never seen him in a serious role. I need to look that up. I could see it. I mean, you see it with Riddler. Riddler's all over the place and very cartoonish and out of control, but you could see how, if he just dialed it back, Riddler would be a credible threat type character. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like he had a lot of range, which I think everybody in the show did, with the possible exception of Burt Ward, um, who we'll be hearing from. But like Adam West had a great amount of range. It was only like in the 80s or 90s that he really leaned into the Adam West caricature. No, he was fantastic, for sure. I think you have to have that amount of range to do this sort of comedy really well. Well, you're... no different than like a Leslie Nielsen
1: type character where serious and dramatic and stuff was, you know, his early career and then kind of a, a resurgence or a, you know, a a more popularity uh, type situation stemming from his playing it straight in funny movies right
0: yeah you have to be able to play it straight to to really do ridiculous straight and I don't think just anybody could do it and have it work like you don't really even when you watch these episodes you're really kind of in the universe you're in the world of the show even though you're thinking well that makes no sense at all you go along with it because the characters and actors are also committed to it. It takes a person with some experience and some, some chops to pull that off and not have it be wink, wink, nudge, nudge through the whole thing. Yeah. So, like I said, I just watched the episode and yet I could not give an accurate beat for beat description of the episode because I have the short term memory of someone like Batman who's been hit in the head many times. Um, Do you have a beat by beat?
1: Uh. fairly well although some of my notes and maybe your recent watching might uh bring some more clarity to why i wrote some of the things i wrote that make very little sense to me now but um, yeah, like riddler, J- does, riddler riddles it's fine <laughs> it does it's open up theme. with uh with batman on the radio to nowhere just robin robin turn on your homing transmitter boy turn on your homing transmitter and it, uh i don't know what he's you know how he expects Robin to hear that or where he's broadcasting to (laughs) but uh he's he's just using the the magic of radio technology he's hoping
0: Robin's gonna hear him and turn on his homing transmitter yeah like if Robin could hear him to to pick up his message wouldn't he have already already transmitted (laughs) yeah the Batman on this show is not the world's greatest detective he's
1: just some guy Oh wait, he turns into the world's greatest detective. Though you, we just haven't got to that part yet. True. Um, yes. So so while in this he's episode. yeah, while he's begging and pleading on the radio, uh, Alfred calls him uh, to warn him that. Uh, man, what's her name? Aunt Becky? No, that's for worse. Yeah, yeah, Aunt Harriet uh, noticed that their beds weren't slept in, and she's starting to worry. So uh,
0: and Batman's response is. Just tell her that we went from our fishing trip to my uncle's house. Yeah. That That'll calm her we down. We stayed at my uncle's. We went at stayed at some strange old man's house you've never heard of prior to this. It's fine. Your nephew's fine. Get off it, old woman. Yeah, exactly. And it seemed to have worked. Just uh, go back to enjoying the, the mansion. Yeah, she really doesn't give a damn. She, she's, she's enjoying the mansion. <laughs> well, so long as there is some reason that it's fine. I don't care. It's like the thing about, which I've never believed, but it's like the thing, someone did a study where if you just give a person a reason for something, they'll go along with it. Like there was, it was like they were standing in line at a Xerox machine or something back in the seventies. And the researcher was like, if you just ask if you can cut in line, they wouldn't let you. But if you said, can I cut in line because, and gave them some reason at all, people were more inclined to be like, sure, go ahead. Aunt Harriet yeah. is totally one of those people they sampled. Where's my nephew? Was... He's at some strange old man's house. Okay. Yeah. Perfect but for me. I just want to make sure we know where he's at. Going back to the
1: sunroom now. It's like a I'll it's like a drunk pool. parent checking on the kids. Yeah. They're fine. I'll be in the pool. So so then we see Riddler uh with Robin tied up in the subway station. Um and Riddler Riddler is uh going to make Robin or wants to make Robin call Batman. Now, in the previous episode, Riddler just called him. He had the bat phone number, but apparently he forgot that. Or maybe it's a burner bat phone. I don't know. He doesn't uh, doesn't want to call him now. He wants Robin
0: to do it. So that, doesn't, that never made any sense to me. But they couldn't call directly to the bat phone, even though you would think Riddler clearly had it in the past and you would think Robin would just know that number. First, they have to route through the commissioner's office. Right.
1: And this is, so, so they call in and he's is...
0: dead-ass asleep and startles awake like, whoa, uh, uh, Gotham's got, got some fine security. Well, and I don't know that the Bat phone, like that's what I
1: understand. The Bat phone is like a direct line in between the Batcave and Commissioner Gordon's office or or Batman's study or Bruce Wayne's study and Commissioner Gordon's office. So I could see maybe needing to get tapped into that, but that doesn't explain how Riddler was able to phone The bat car phone earlier in the episode, so or in the previous episode, so yeah, I don't know why he didn't do that. I did write down he easily tricked Robin Bugs Bunny style, so I assume that (laughs) has something to do with. I don't know what I meant uh, by that, but he did immediately trick him into phoning Commissioner Gordon. So maybe that's what I was talking about.
0: I like too that he had sprays that knocked Robin out or (laughs) woke him up. That was pretty great. Yeah, Yeah. A and B or whatever. Yeah, Uh, that was fun. And when he sprays Robin to knock him back out again, instead of just collapsing like he would with knockout, uh, some sort of knockout spray, you would assume. Instead of that, he just kind of lays back gently and yeah. lays back on his on his slab very gently and gets comfortable. Well, because he didn't have a stunt double to do that portion for him, so it was important. So they, call know, they the haven't commissioner. seen their stunt doubles yet, or at least not seen their faces. That comes up later. You'll see you see them a number of times. and It's always very striking. <laughs> they're they're, com- they're complete and total fake shimps and you can't not notice them I've and
1: i've never noticed them so that's interesting now i'll have to keep my eyes open i'll wait for you to point it out they're coming
0: up on an episode pretty quick i think it, if it's not the next one maybe the one after that
1: but All they're right, like two so... old
0: men and it's very obvious
1: <laughs> so they have uh the technology apparently uh, at the commissioner's office to trace and record the phone call so it's like put me through to the bat line Uh, and then commissioner gordon's like of course uh trace and record this call and i didn't realize they could do that they they could have traced the bat line at any time to track down where the bat cave was is that well i mean batman has
0: technology in his car that can see through buildings that was well established in the last episode he could have just driven around gotham city looking through buildings for robin everybody just conveniently forgets the tools they have in this show well that's a they gotta be uh
1: maybe the each labeled tool is only able to be used once and then they have to change the label and use it for something
0: else. Right, right. It's like it's like the Avengers problem in the movies where like anytime you see a movie with an Avengers character, you think, shouldn't the other Avengers show up to help out with this and yeah. solve this problem? Yeah, that would be a quick movie. It's the same yeah, no, thing with the show. Like, yeah, if we actually use these tools we had, yeah, it's a five minute long show.
1: <laughs> so uh, they get put through they trace the call there's a riddle um there are two
0: riddles right the uh what kind of a pin is in soup i did not get that at all i had to, i had to look up terrapin to get that and go oh it's some, it's a turtle it's a word for turtle i did not get that that actually makes sense because
1: there was a a ben 10 alien in one of the later iteration
0: ultimate alien or something and it was terra spin and he was like a turtle that like turned into a fan or something oh it makes Um, total sense i just i mean if it was if it was if i was batman and or robin we'd both be dead because i i would have been like (laughs) minestrone maybe it's minestrone batman right Uh, and then the second
1: uh the second clue or the second riddle was what was joan of arc made of so yeah. again, uh, not Wood, because she's not a witch, apparently. Yes. Uh,
0: she weighs more than a duck. She was made so, uh, of Orleans, which again, that... I'm an idiot and would not have gotten that. I, no, I mean, me I can't either. fault Batman for just staring into space because I would be like, okay, you can keep him, Riddler. I mean, it's over. Oh, but, but he got that one. Batman got that one for Batman sure. Batman did so... get
1: that one. That was the one that Robin didn't get for once. I guess we would have got it if we would have read the script. Yeah, that'd be helpful. That would have been uh, that would greatly uh, improve my ability to uh, solve a riddle.
0: Uh, it's like later day answer. Batman in the comics when there was this joke I saw somewhere about if you like Batman's superpower is he has the script, he knows what's going to happen, <laughs> he knows who the <laughs> villain is. That's how he's able to figure it out. Well, in this case, putting those clues together leads
1: them to the old turtle mill on Orleans Cove yes old turtle mill yeah you know where they mill only the finest turtle meals and flowers that's absolutely a thing in most of your bigger cities (laughs) Uh, so that gives him the clue of course um now we get to see more behind the scenes of what riddler is planning uh which is to uh mold robin's face and dress molly up as robin and have her be his exact duplicate so that uh they can infiltrate Batman's organization.
0: Yeah, which makes no sense. I, the plan was to sue him, and take him to court. But now you want to infiltrate his his organization. Why? Like it's never explained exactly. The whole suing him thing makes no sense because you can't sue a mass vigilante who doesn't have personhood. But the whole thing of we're gonna sue him and also infiltrate his his Batmandom. Why? That's well, never explained. Maybe I- Maybe after he filed the lawsuit,
1: he talked to an actual lawyer and they're like, you can't do that. So then he went on with like plan B, which was the, uh,
0: I guess we'll just
1: infiltrate him with a lifelike mask. Yeah. And it was very lifelike. She looked exactly like Burt Ward as soon as she slipped that mask on. It was weird. It was fantastic.
0: And when Burt Ward started acting like Jill St. John, upsetting.
1: (laughs) It was. I noticed that too. I wrote down, Burt Ward is a woman, hip out, pose, disturbing. Those are my exact notes for that. Yes. That it's same yeah. <laughs> it, was,
0: yeah, it was awful. And they do this thing with Jill St. John still reads the lines, but she's clearly not in the she's not in the in the frame. So she's off like dubbing it. And it yeah. sounds weird. It sounds like a cheap movie. What do you think, Robin? Yes. Like it's mm-hmm. not at all even close to being synced up to where what's happening in the in the in the scene. But somehow, oh, I
1: truly believed. Other than, uh, you know, there was some tiny flaws in the mask from the uh, from the molding process, of course, which I noticed right away. Um, so anyway, they put yeah, their I- plan into action. Uh, so Robin finally turn, or they take Robin's belt and they turn on the uh, the homing transmitter. So Batman is able to track them using the detectoscope in the Batmobile, which is uh, just random arrows pointing out bouncing around on a screen which was
0: yeah i love though when he when he rips out of the bat cave to go follow the detective scope to find robin riddler and and fake robin jill st john happened to be driving by right near where the bat cave is at basically the same time and so the arrow is pointing one direction and batman's whipping across both lanes of the highway to go that direction but then when they pass him the arrow switches back behind him so okay. he unleashes a goddamn parachute to turn the car around at a thousand miles an hour. It is amazing. Yeah. How, you know how, how parachutes it. work?
1: Yeah. Yeah. With the emergency bat turn lever.
0: Yes. That's what the lever is. There's there's a clear lever if you look at the show at the car between where they sit. And you wonder, what's that for? It's for when Batman decides to unleash a giant parachute so he can turn not even on a dime but just like it was insane it was awesome i loved it
1: yeah no it is fantastic um so then of course uh fake robin and the riddler put on helmets for safety uh which yes. is always that's a good message to have um because they know that batman is going to unleash the bat ray uh yes. and disable their car yes
0: and sure enough he did If if he's willing to turn like that with a parachute in the middle of the highway, he'll still unleash a laser in the middle of it too. What's going to stop him? Reason? Concern for other other motorists?
1: So they get, he gets them stopped with the bat ray. Um, Helmets disappear. Robin, fake Robin lays down on the ground. And when Batman wakes her up, uh, of course, I can't talk because she, uh, she can't do the robin voice so she pretends she can't talk batman
0: puts her in the batmobile and uh drives to the bat cave yeah which is like right down the road he never even got he never even made it to gotham city or or to turtle cove wherever it was he was going he never made orleans it orleans cove yeah orleans so, cove so uh, yeah. he never made it so, there. so he was like a few miles from the bat cave and turns back around what a convenient hope, a convenient incident this was
1: hopefully uh Hopefully Alfred didn't need any turtle meal or turtle flowers for anything. Um, yes. cuz he didn't send him with a list. Hey, Not while you're there, the pick me up while you're there at the old turtle mill, pick me up some some turtle meal. The turtle um, meal
0: sounds like a horror show.
1: <laughs> it should be. So then, once they get to the bat cave, Molly pulls out a gun, ending the ruse, but
0: Batman wasn't fooled at all, was he? No, he knew immediately because he could see the straws that they had jammed into the papier-mâché mask they put over Robin's face. He could tell that wasn't Robin's real nostrils. He's looked at the boy a thousand times. <laughs> exactly. I That's, can see his doesn't face when I close my eyes. You can't
1: fool me. That's right, which was a good thing he noticed when he did because he was able to use a hidden anti-firing pin bat laser beam
0: in the car on the ride to the bat cave and it's thereby, pronounced laser on the show it is like it's such laser. new technology they don't even know how to say it correctly
1: but the fact that it's it's a specific hidden anti-firing pin bat laser beam
0: that was my fa- that was probably my favorite part of the whole show i love the specifics everything is so specific nothing is ever just he used his ray gun no it's it's a very specific thing right so because the gun no longer
1: works uh, Molly starts running around the Batcave. Uh, Batman is aggressively chasing her in the Robin costume, which I feel probably fulfills some sort of fantasy that he's had for some time. Aunt Harriet's there to doll down the gay. <laughs> oh, the poor deluded girl. If only she'd let me save her.
0: Yeah, so she climbs up the la- the giant ladder that is in the Batcave to- that you find out for some reason is built over the atomic pile that powers the batmobile so batman has a giant atomic core in the middle of an underground cave and beneath the house where people live they're all riddled with cancer absolutely but that's okay
1: because he has a hidden anti-cancer bat laser beam that he uses he has a
0: spray uh, for that
1: yeah it's gotta be a spray but uh yeah uh i like that they just leave that open uh, just in case just Alfred needs to open, like dust it or something. It's well, Alfred probably climbs up there
0: to dust the dust the uh, atomic whatever. Right. You know he has to. I mean, he's, he's an indentured servant. He has to do what he's told. What got me was, okay, so I understand being terrified if I'm going to fall into the atomic pile, fair, but Molly climbed up the ladder while Batman's yelling about this, and then she freaks out immediately you can just climb back down the ladder an old man does it every day that's true but then that would rob us of the joy of
1: seeing the uh the bat rope climbing swinging scampering
0: batman (laughs) the climbing is so great (laughs) i don't know anything about climbing a rope except for what i learned from chuck norris's sidekicks which taught me that you're supposed to wrap your leg around it and pretend someone that chuck norris is there with you when you climb But I don't, I've never seen a person really climb a rope like that. I don't think that's how they do it. And I would like to know the thinking that went into, okay, let's have Batman wildly skitter his legs back and forth while he goes up the rope. Well, yeah, that's the,
1: that's the right way
0: to do it. When you have a a floppy
1: rope like that, you're just supposed to wave your arms and your legs all crazy and you'll just.
0: Okay. Now you're going to up up this length of cord. But you got to do it quickly because you need to save Molly. If you can do it as spastically as possible, that would be great. Go ahead. So
1: that is the end of Molly, the poor deluded girl. If only
0: she'd let Batman save her. What a way to go-go. He actually says, what a way to go-go, after someone has fallen into an atomic pile and then vaporized. It was amazing. Well, she had to die, really, because she saw the way to the Batcave. So she was
1: a loose end. I mean... Sure, And they're not
0: able to afford Jill St. John again next episode. So we got to get you out of here. That's right. The producer does the narration. We don't have budget for this. (laughs) That's right. So then we wake up or we cut to,
1: we are in uh, the commissioner's office playing the recorded conversation
0: of Robin calling the Batcave on a giant recording device that basically says 1966. I guess the size of the commissioner's
1: torso. You got a reel to reel. You really need that that sound quality. It's like before vinyl. That's what you wanted. You really get those those rich tones in there. Yeah, so exactly. The, Let me play you my demo tape I recorded last night. For the modern nineteen sixty six hipster phone call tracer and recorder, you really want those. You really want those tones in there. It's not the same as digital.
0: No, no, it's not. It's far more real and much more quality. Yeah.
1: So they're listening to the tape. Uh, of robin saying i'll get out of this myself the same way i got in which is apparently get drugged and wake up somewhere
0: <laughs> yes i thought that was amazing when he said i'll get out of it the same way i got in you were abducted like it doesn't make yeah. any sense at all i'll get out of this 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 trap the same way i got into it by falling into a trap how does that get you out of a trap it's like the time i was
1: kidnapped by a by my estranged parent, and then rescued by being kidnapped by a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> I got out of it the same way I got in. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're listening to the giant uh, reel-to-reel. Batman, uh, or sorry, Chief O'Hara is like, ah, oh, it's not even a good recording. There's all these noises in the background. Uh, Commissioner Gordon's Batman, like,
0: that's atmosphere, you son of
1: a bitch. Well, not even that. Batman's like, no, those noises are the key to finding Robin. And then Commissioner Gordon, with the greatest delivery ever, is like, what? Those noises? Yes, Commissioner, those noises. Make me a copy of this tape and get me a copy of the subway schedule. And I'll feed it into the Bat computer, the mobile Bat computer, in the trunk of the Batmobile.
0: Yeah, we'll go outside
1: and and stand in the middle of traffic to look at it. Well, and it's, it it looks like a child's toy that's like supposed to look like the background is going and it's just like a, like a rotating, like moving piece of, I
0: don't even like vinyl, like rolling across and like, this is the
1: computer working and
0: it's just like. To be fair, most of Batman's like cutting edge technology and crime solving tools look like children's toys. Like they look like the kind of thing you would find if you went to a hobby shop and into the into like the STEM section to buy a gift for your nephew that you barely know and don't want to know any better, that's true. That makes sense. So, thanks to
1: remote radio uplink or whatever up to uh, up to the bat computer, uh, they feed in the a tape of the noises and cross reference it with a subway schedule to find out, I guess, where where this is, which is
0: makes sense to me that seems like a a it reminded me of it reminded me of that that quote i think it was maybe isaac asimov who said that about uh sufficiently advanced technology being indistinguishable from magic most of batman's tools are magic the magic of plot devices yes yeah look we gotta get to the next commercial let's just do this (laughs) so they
1: determine where it is and batman is off to rescue robin so the next scene, they take it takes place. He's got like he's already got it out and attached by telephone cord to his uh, utility belt. He's got some sort of a, what is it? A bat gauge or bat stud finder or something. So he's it's just a bat like stud finder, absolutely. Just like going along, listening to walls, and then he uh, finds a spot to to put some kind of explosive, and then backs off. And he has a different bat laser beam, not unlike the hidden anti firing pin bat laser beam from the previous scene. But, yeah, it's weirdly similar. But this is the hidden anti-explosive lighting bat laser beam uh, which he uses to blow a hole in the in the wall and
0: jump in for the rescue. My favorite part of that scene though was when Batman comes into the subway tunnel and this guy who's like a subway attendant says, "Hi Batman." And Batman <laughs> says, "Hi." And then like runs by him. <laughs> let's just stop the whole climactic momentum for hi batman he's really excited and happy and batman goes along with it hi that was probably an extra that just like shot his shot to get a line
1: in to right you're not
0: supposed to scream at batman
1: but we only have enough tape for one more take
0: we'd read the producers
1: so he jumps in scares off the riddler uh, who drops the bulletproof, batproof
0: plexiglass down and mocks him for a little while and draws a question mark on it. My favorite part of that was when part of Riddler's mocking was rubbing his face across the plexiglass. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. That was he literally funny. like drags his face over the plexiglass to taunt and now, Batman. And,
1: and now he has the flu, so yes. he's out of commission.
0: That's why he didn't show up for court.
1: Exactly. <laughs> So he unties Robin. Uh, We're left with a couple more riddles to uh, figure out the location of the the final crime uh, that was set in motion, of course, by the exploding cake uh, way back at the beginning of the last episode. So how many sides are there to a circle? And what president has the biggest hat? These are the clues that you'll need. The circle
0: thing made sense. Inside, outside. Like when they said that, I was like, oh, okay, sure. But then when... The answer to which president has the biggest hat was the one with the biggest head. I was like, does Riddler need help writing these? Like, did <laughs> Well, people to me, that one old. made the most sense. I knew that one. I would have been like, even as a child,
1: watching this in the 80s, I would have definitely been like, yeah, the one with the biggest head, of course. I would have now said Abe Lincoln,
0: since he had a big hat, and that was like his thing that he did. <laughs> he had That's a big true. hat and also freed the slaves. But it's always and also after the big hat. That was his main thing.
1: The big hat was the most important. The big hat, uh, the chin beard, and then the slavery.
0: Right. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln had a lot of accomplishments. The big hat, chin beard, vampire hunter, slavery. All of these things kept America together during the Civil War. But those are down a little bit after his fashion choices and killing vampires. Of course. So,
1: Robin has determined, of course, that because of these answers, they need to go to the head office of Gotham City Bank, uh, because they're going to take the loot from the inside and take it to the outside, uh, which is excellent do do? deductive skills.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: He's telling us how our robbery works. Right. So then Batman's like, OK, Robin, let's go. And then we have the, uh, the fantastic narrator again. Uh, Holy red snapper, has Batman goofed? Because we know that, of course, that is not the Riddler's plan. I guess in, in between there, I think I might have missed the note, but then they cut to the Riddler being like, Haha, uh, here's our plan, we're going back to the Moldavian exhibit.
0: Yeah, which is like, that's a common trope of, if you set something up, you should go back to it and and deal with it. But the way this is dealt with is like, we didn't know where else to go with this. If we kept going with the plot as written in the first episode, it would end up with Batman in like civil court. And that's not very exciting. Because they already resolved the thing with the Moldavian embassy. Like the whole thing was it just exploded so that Riddler could possibly start World War III and deliver a riddle. Like, okay, why is he going back to this? It's weird. It's out of nowhere. Well, and it's too early in the run of the show
1: to have a like a matlock cra- crossover which would have been amazing so yeah it's not going to end up in court right. so they go to the prime minister's climax dinner that is the sign outside of the uh and that's what it's called and it sounds dirty it does so sound, it, it sounds dirty but also ties into the plot nicely uh being the climax of the episode yeah, I suppose. yeah it worked out well my, my note after uh the prime minister's climax dinner was thanks but no thanks is that, yeah, I don't want to eat that. No one wants to watch that while they eat. That's correct. So now we assume uh, that the police and Batman and Robin are on their way to the bank to stop this uh, this crime, while Riddler and his goons are underneath. That's uh, important to note. They are underneath in the basement, uh, setting up for this caper. So they're setting up laughing gas with fans to blow it into the ventilation and. We assume Batman and Robin are nowhere in sight uh, to stop this from going down. Yeah, this the is where they reveal.
0: weird. What's that going to accomplish? That you couldn't just like pump in knockout gas? Yeah, but it's more fun to have people laughing. I guess, the Riddler but Killer ha- has established that he has wake up and fall asleep spray back at his back at his hideout. Like he couldn't have pumped but they gas didn't... through the through the clearly labeled air vent. But they didn't.
1: Uh... They didn't take that with him when he jumped through the plexiglass. That's probably why he was like rubbing his face on the plexiglass, because he was like, oh, no, I forgot my knockout spray. (laughs) I'll have to stop
0: and buy several tanks full of laughing gas now.
1: Right. So they show upstairs at the the function. Uh, This is where they reveal that the earlier established mammoth uh, is actually jewel-encrusted and stuffed with priceless stamps. Because that's what you often stuff things with is stamps. So that right. makes sense. Right, that was sense.
0: weird. Why is it stuffed with stamps? Like that seems like a weird detail to throw in there, but okay. I think there was a throwaway line later on that was
1: like, yeah, they were cheap when we did it, but now they're b- priceless and valuable to stamp collectors. Yeah, stamp collectors who often don't have huge budgets, but sure. Right, so here they are now. The the laughing gas is being pumped in. Uh, Riddler says, okay, Wait for my signal, and then slides down of another vent, uh, and then comes out above him in the event location itself by sliding out of a vent. so that he's in a
0: magic vent. Yeah, the vents are very important. The vents are, the vents in Gotham City were are just designed for crime. Now, despite this uh, laughing gas
1: being brightly colored, uh, no one notices. So everyone just like is hanging out, and all of a sudden they start laughing. Uh, And then the Riddler pops out, wearing a a gas mask, and everyone is uh, just
0: laughing hysterically. A gas mask that looks like an elephant. So basically, Riddler did the 1966 version of that time on The Simpsons when Apu and his wife were getting married, and Homer impersonated Ganesh with his elephant mask. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's true that's fantastic uh my favorite person in this entire scene is the is the rich old lady oh who's like
0: that's, oh a low comedian yeah uh, a, nice. a
1: vulgar low comedian just like taking a shot at old frank gorshin himself <laughs> i say
0: yes that's delightful oh yeah just like a just a crazy old lady classic there like, are so many lines like it was like she's the star of this scene yeah no There's she's fantastic was- for sure there's an episode coming up that I remember seeing years ago where they're in a lighthouse for some reason. And I even forget who the villain was in that episode. But Batman and Robin encounter the lighthouse keeper and his wife and the, the episode completely stops for them to have shtick. This was kind of the same thing of like, instead of this lady being like, oh, no, a little comedian. They basically like just hand the show over to her and they're like, what else you want to say? Go ahead. Yeah. Hi say, that's delightful. Ma. Yeah, she carries on for a while. Yeah. So then it's
1: time for the signal. Uh and Riddler, that he just shoots a gun in the air. That's the signal. That's yeah. the least subtle signal. Why would you need that to be the signal? That's really weird. Yes.
0: But he could have just yell, hey! But he shoots a yeah.
1: gun into the air. Yeah. So that's the clue for the henchman to come in to begin the robbery. But Boom. Trojan Mammoth. Batman and Robin explode forth from the side of the jewel-encrusted
0: stamp-filled mammoth. Yeah, and God knows how much, the, how much they destroyed of Moldavia's economy in that one moment. <laughs> yeah. Just hiding in there with footprints all over these
1: things. Exactly. So now exactly. it's time for the big fight. This is the first time because we didn't get a big fight scene in the last episode. So this is our first like bat classic Batman end, fight end, yeah. with, the, with the end. And I, I wrote down, so I, I made a note Uh, because I felt this was very important to me at the time. So here is the fight breakdown. Uh, We have a crunch, a zlonk, a clonk, a bam, kapow, ouch, wham, zap, kapow, irk, zock, biff, and finally, zwap. So that is the fight breakdown. Uh, out just brought to you by brought, brought to you by uh some sort of a sponsor that will be named later maybe um
0: right. we, fight should, we should the absolutely fight at the end of the episode like each time and just say here's the rundown of sound effects because that's something people will want to know and we should absolutely keep this entire part of me saying this in the show i think so i
1: think it belongs some of the spelling was great the zwap was three Z's. Uh, or z's for you uh south of the border american folks and then w-a-p-p so that's zwap zwap what makes that noise what what sort of violence makes that noise Oh, i don't know it's all the same violence probably awkward <laughs> it's all
0: awkward punching <laughs> awkward punching and like jumping around and yeah batman and robin right. have this one move that i love where they like put their arms in front of each or in front of themselves and bend over and then run towards the goons and just stand <laughs> yeah. there i'm like couldn't they just grab you and it be over there what what good good idea no. master fighter batman that's that's awesome
1: fist in the palm and battering ram yeah no i like that that's yes uh, it's, a it's a battering note.
0: ram that's what it is but they're not they don't actually it works because the goons just stand there like if the goons weren't weren't old decrepit men almost every time that that should never work like it only works in batman's favor that the goon union is not doing well and the villains can only afford so much that's true that's
1: very important this is probably the uh the precursor to krav maga uh before that whole explosion happened so i feel like that's uh
0: yeah was a lot more flailing in the 60s that's right well that is a uh... fucker like robin like batman batman fights very awkwardly and you only really think oh he did well because he's the designated star of the show but robin is just this vicious little animal attacking (laughs) people it's like it's like that scene in like ace ventura 2 where he's in the
1: african village and he's gonna have to like fight the guy in the circle and it's like the big guy lumbers in but then turns around and there's like the little savage guy i think it's like played by tommy (laughs) davidson or something but like the little savage guy on his back that's like Oh, I get to fight this little guy. And then he's just like a, like Tasmanian devil style. Yes. Just like yes. yeah. <laughs> yes. Robin, Robin is an
0: angry little fellow. Maybe because yeah, he happened. was
1: impersonated by a woman in this episode and
0: he felt, yeah. He was impersonated by a woman and no one seemed to notice. <laughs> he's got a lot of angry things to work out now. He wasn't, for once, he wasn't the one involved
1: in Batman chasing him around the Batcave suggestively. It had to be a woman <laughs> in a Robin costume. Aunt Harriet is there to dial down the gay. <laughs> so we're back at the end. Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson are uh, hanging out in the mansion. Uh, Bruce is just talking about how heart sick he is about Molly. Gosh, how he couldn't save her from a life of crime. Her ashes are uh, downstairs. Yeah, still in the... Well, Alfred's probably down there feather dusting the... <laughs> He's the down there in the a hazmat suit scraping Molly <laughs> off the pile. <laughs>
0: Just heartsick
1: about her. Uh, Aunt Harriet comes in and is like, "Gosh, I hope there's no criminals around Dick or whatever." Yeah, she hears Dick him being making reference to some... her
0: being like a like a lost soul or something, and yeah. Aunt Harriet assumes he's palling around with some meth-addled whore he found somewhere. <laughs> the thought of Dick being exposed to some criminal element. Oh, I thought she was gonna say like exposed to some woman. That's what I thought she was right, going right. to say. Like, just like <laughs> no, no women around Dick. <laughs> she was really concerned but then as is always the case for aunt harriet moved on really quickly <laughs> yeah uh let's just work on this algebra she's dead now aunt harriet oh it's fine i'm going back to my shows yeah my story oh, you're getting help with
1: algebra perfect
0: exactly i'm surprised that he bet bruce didn't give like bruce becomes it becomes like a running gag of Every time Dick is doing some sort of deep niche study subject, not that algebra is that deep niche, but later on he's like trying to learn Latin or something. And Bruce will say things like, I'm surprised at you, Dick. Language is the core of the future of the world. Yes, that was very important.
1: It was French, but still same same concept.
0: French is also a dead language.
1: Yes, I think so. Mm
0: -hmm. So the um, Batman TV show... Wikipedia entry has uh notes for each episode. Oh, wonderful. So I thought we would we could read those and learn about each episode. Okay, so these are the notes for smack in the middle. The episode begins with a recap of the previous episode leading up to the cliffhanger. Here, still shots of the action are used, like for example, Robin hemorrhaging in midair while it says, Robin got it in the arm william dozier originally auditioned people to narrate the series but when numbs none of them seemed to fit it he decided to do it himself don't know why that's a note on the second episode i don't know but it sure is nice that he did yeah he's none the best people narrator. can read <laughs> i'll just do it <laughs> Uh, for the first two seasons a tag preview of next week's villain followed every two-part episode except the pilot so yeah there's not a there's not a tag on this one about what's going to happen on the next episode that's true this is the first instance in the tv series of a villain escaping apprehension the only other main villain to escape apprehension was catwoman twice once by falling down a bottomless cavern, once by falling off a warehouse roof into a river. Yeah, so I think the thing with Batman killing his villains in every movie came from this TV show. Like, in the in the end of this episode, he hurls a bomb at Riddler and then just assumes he got away. And then, then Cattleman fell off a building twice. Batman's a murderer. The series reveals that Bruce Wayne has an uncle who is never named, In the comics, Bruce Wayne's uncle, Philip Wayne, raised him after his parents' murders. That's weird. If he had a parent, if he had somebody who raised him, how did he become Batman? Was was his uncle like Aunt Harriet? Like, whatever, just keep me out of it. I like that he has an Uncle Phil, because this has given me some serious, like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air vibes now. That would be a good good thing to use as, like, a high-concept reboot of Batman. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The exterior shots of Wayne Manor were actually footage of 380 South San Rafael Avenue, Pasadena, California. It's a nice-looking Wayne Manor. It looks a lot better than the weird, like, old haunted house Michael Keaton lived in in the Tim Burton movies. That's true. The original script had a grimmer Batman who allowed Molly to fall to her death. DC Comics rejected the scene, and it was shot with Batman desperately trying to save Molly. But and it doesn't say this but i'll just add this he still said what a way to go go just to <laughs> keep that idea in there of batman doesn't care if you die in future episodes it is explained that everybody who is taken back to the batcave must be given the batgas sedative which is totally a date rape drug so as not to spy the batcave's location and deduce batman's identity yet in this episode although batman guesses riddler's mole mall has disguised herself as robin he takes her back to the bat cave without bat gas even though she must have seen the bat cave's entrance upon wayne in underneath wayne manor she makes no reference to this in the subsequent scene well no because she was atomized yeah yeah that's why they had to kill her i feel yeah what a way to go go uh the scene of the batmobile leaving the bat cave to race the remaining 14 miles to gotham was filmed at Bronson Cavern in Hollywood Hills. This cave was used in many horror films, including Invasion of the Body Snatchers. The problem they ran into in filming was that the Batmobile was about the same width as the cave entrance. To keep from ripping the fenders off George Barris's creation, they undercranked the camera. So you're right, they undercranked it. So it would come out slowly and then later sped up filming to give the illusion of speed. Classic. In most scenes of the villain's hideouts, the camera is shot at a Dutch angle. If the camera is crooked and Batman is in the shot, the chances are that something bad will soon happen to him, as is the case in the go-go bar scene of the first episode of this adventure. Hmm. Okay. I find it
1: interesting that they use Dutch angles and not the uh, Romanian angles that are classically done in Moldavia.
0: Or German angles.
1: (laughs) Only when they're swearing.
0: Yeah the batmobile's ever popular emergency bat turn lever is put to use in this for the first time in this episode oh awesome so batman's gonna kill some other people on the road soon for the 1966 emmys batman was nominated as outstanding comedy series while frank gorshin was nominated for outstanding performance by an actor in a supporting role in a comedy that's cool i like that they appreciated back then that it was an outstanding comedy Uh, I don't know why this is on the second episode notes, but Lyle Wagner was a second choice for the role of Batman in film for a test reel and later played Steve Trevor on Wonder Woman. Uh, This is one of the three episodes in which Batman characters die. The second is a a death worse than fate wherein the gunmen, intending to drill Batman and Robin full of bullets, shoot each other to death as the dynamic duo dodges them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) The Exciting Riddler- things to come on Surf Kings of Gotham. Yes. The Riddler's maniacal high-pitched giggle was inspired by a character, Tommy Udo, portrayed by Richard Widmark in 1947 20th century Fox film noir, Kiss of Death. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah,
1: that is interesting.
0: I, would, I thought you were going to say the Joker. And I was like, yeah. Frank Worshin thought he was playing the Joker and laughed maniacally <laughs> and rubbed his face over the glass. During the chase scene where Batman is racing from the Batcave to save Robin, one very brief clip of the Batmobile passing by on the road shows the car's original paint scheme, matte black with white striping. This is the only footage of the car with this early paint scheme that appears in the series, although several black and white stills showing the car in this form exist. That's a good high note to end on for the notes of this episode. Something, something, paint. Absolutely. So that Everyone's was the most first... talked about topic. Exactly. That's what you watch Batman for is the paint job on his car. So that was the first two episodes of Batman: High Diddle Riddle and Smack in the Middle. Thoughts? and comments. what a what a thrill ride it was. I, I think that
1: was a fantastic episode. I've seen them about three hundred times now since we started
0: talking about doing this podcast. So I'm excited <laughs> to move on to the next. I Thanks am so going. excited to move on from this first episode. Yeah. Although had I seen this in 1966 and I was an adult, I imagined that I would race home from work to see the next episode and it wouldn't be satisfied. Just re- like I had to be like a kid and jump out of my car and run the rest of the way. Yeah. just to Make sure you saw this jump into your car at work.
1: Like the Batman car, yeah. like the Batmobile, right? Atomic batteries yeah. to power turbines to speed. I got to get home to watch Batman.
0: And then when traffic picked up, just leap out of the still running car and run the rest of the way home. That's right. So it's a good series. I like it. And I like, I feel like, and I may have said this before. I'm sure I'll say many things that I've said before. I feel like if you got rid of the Simpsons, you could partially, you could recreate quite a lot of it from the Batman TV series. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, absolutely.
1: It was very inspirational to the next generation or two generations farther or whatever generation started writing The Simpsons, yeah?
0: Right. I like to imagine there was like in the 60s, there was a whole generation of baby boomer kids who were like, this is high adventure. Like I'm on the edge of my seat with gum crammed under it. And then there was another segment of kids who were like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. But not because it was action-packed, but because they were like, you can put this kind of thing on TV. Absolutely. And so began their warping. I don't feel like I learned much about like Batman's very big on civics and being a good citizen. I don't feel like I learned much about that in this episode. Outside of when someone falls into into atomic energy, you should try to make a pun. Well, that's absolutely right. That's what she would have wanted. Lighten the mood. Based on everything you know about what he was already in love
1: with her after meeting her, like what, once in the in the go-go club or whatever where he got drugged and then like a brief car ride with her dressed as his uh little sidekick there as his teenage boy sidekick yes yeah with the funny nostrils or whatever (laughs) uh to then trying to desperately trying to like climb up the bat rope to save her like he was already like oh i wish i would have known her better I yeah. loved her so much. It seems like whatever. they
0: they would have been a good match. Batman and some random chick he picked up somewhere. Uh, yeah. So you, um I'm looking forward you to make to a making... convincing teenage boy. Yes, with me. Yes. <laughs> you, have the, you have the roughly size and shape of a teenage boy. I know. Let's get together, <laughs> see what happens. So I'm excited for the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you managed to make it this far. We promise the next episode will be better because much like the first, the Batman TV series, you just kind of got to get started and figure it out and get your zap, boom, bams in order.
1: That's correct. Or in this case, case crunch, zlonk, clunks in order. And ouch. There was an ouch in there too. There was an ouch. That, that was
0: between kapow and wham with two Ms. <laughs> so if you if you're so inclined, check us out on Facebook. We'll probably have more things in the future. And if we do, we'll mention them here. Um, This is the primary thing, so you don't have to go feel obligated to follow a bunch of other things to make us feel important. If you want to talk about Batman, we'll talk about Batman occasionally. Visit us on Facebook at Surf Kings of Gotham.
1: King of Gotham.